Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get onto my show. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I've got Brandon Ogborn, part three of our long form conversation. It's about a half hour long. We finally get into his uh, play, The Tomcat Project, which is about Tom Cruise and Kitty Holmes and how they got together and the audition process to become Tom Cruise's wife, which is totally bizarre. I really like Brandon. I, uh, I hope to work with him in the future. I think he's a really smart, funny guy. I hope you enjoy our interview. Thank you for listening. And here is Brandon. Yeah, it's like Baba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to track. Uh, I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you about. It's like I want to get to your play, obviously, but not yet. So you're in Michigan, and where's where do you move first from Michigan? Did you move out on your own? I move in with my ex in Santa Barbara. How did you guys? How did you meet when you were? Living we out met there? over the phone. Would you just pick? Was it a wrong number? Like how no, no. <laughs> it was like she was at a school that I was looking at going to. Oh, okay. She was like, and she was working a at, recruiter. In a, oh, she was working in the office. Yeah, there. and started off as a friendship, and yeah. then we started at UC Santa Barbara. No, no, no it was a, I can't say the name of it, but it was a school in Santa Barbara. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's like yeah. you know. Um, why can't you say the name? Well, because I was like a prospective student that I see. You know, and you never did. You end up attending? No, no. So wait. So <laughs> you were thinking about going to this unnamed school, yeah, or the school that will remain nameless, yeah. and you call. You say, "Hey, no, 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 I don't call." Like so, in high school, I started to make short films. Okay, and um, I was like the AV kid. Okay, but but I wanted to be like Steven Soderbergh, so I'd make a lot of. Some were funny and and some were like very pretentious, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. senior Stylized, high school yeah. thesis. And I submitted, I got into a number of festivals. Okay. And then like I got into the first round of the Student Academy Awards, you know, or I think like they sent me a letter that's like, you're in the first round of the Student Academy Awards. So I was like, I'm going to win an Oscar. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of that, like film school started to get my name. Okay. You know, whatever lychee, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. arrangements yeah, sure. they have. Sure. You know, like I'd get calls from the army that were like, so what are you doing next year? I'm I like, yeah. And too. they're like, well, uh, there's great filmmaking careers in the yeah, army. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, then I would re- get another, a lot of. Uh, Riefenstahl you're going to become. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a great Riefenstahl. <laughs> I remember after 9-11 and we went into Iraq, I was, saw a movie. Or like, you know, when you go to the movies and they play like, I hate it now when you go to the big theaters, they play like, play like 20 minutes of like promo yeah, shit. Right, right. Of like this fall on ABC and exactly. inside look at two gay dads yeah, with a yeah, kid. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you know, some actors like, I love this part. You know, it's, it's I wanted to do comedy. It's so challenging. I'd never yeah. kissed a man before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also really funny and we're not offensive. Exactly. You know? By Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Then they have all the Coke. Yeah. But they had this one like kid rock music video yeah. for the troops uh-huh. where it was like the most reefage dollars kind of thing where it's like an unnamed middle eastern city like kids playing soccer and then a tank rolls through yeah yeah and the kids joyous. are like oh no what are we gonna do and then like the kid 
re- looks down at a soccer ball that got kicked by the tank and like an American soldier picks it up and he yeah. like tosses it at a kid yeah, and it's kid. like, hey, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And in between it, there's this Kid Rock song playing. I think it's called Warrior or something. Uh-huh. It's like, cause I'm a warrior. <laughs> and it's like intercut with Budweiser and like the Coast Guard saving somebody from a helicopter. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just bananas and there was a part of me when i saw that where i was like huh. i i could have done a lot better than that's yeah i would have been more subtle yeah i could have <laughs> a little dutch angle for that one yeah yeah, yeah exactly i would have never used kid rock <laughs> it would have been a Radiohead song uh, <laughs> anyway so i so you got this phone call so i got this phone call yeah. that was like hey do you want to go to this school and you were like you sound cute it, literally okay oh, and on. i mean i i that's what you thought that's what i thought yeah. she had a very seductive yeah. kind of kathleen turner sparkle to her voice yeah sparkle Sharp. to her voice and so we started this like uh, it kind of started with there's no way i can go to your school it's private mm-hmm. but if you guys have scholarships so i sent her my work and she yeah. was really taken by it i appeared in some of it yeah. and then we just started this thing over the phone okay and then and you I, were in michigan still i was in michigan and yeah then i i moved out after like a year we did like a year long distance i took my graduation money flew out to meet her stayed with her like looked at different schools and we kind of like fell in love but i think it was like though this is going to be an affair kid yeah kind of thing yeah and there are different you know factors in her own life like she was just sure. came out of a relationship and i think she was like i'm gonna do something crazy you know if you want to and at first she was like she didn't want anything and then i did and my friend I had a friend that was kind of like very good well hunting, like he's sitting on a winning lottery ticket. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got this older woman in California, yeah. you know, and I'm like, California equals Hollywood. Yeah. You know, and my parents are like, California equals Satanism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they we're going to find you in a bathtub. Two, two sides at the same coin, <laughs> Sacrifice to Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, then I, I like I went out. We, you know, lived together, her, you know, with her kid and. We got married like a couple of years later. Wow. Then we moved to Chicago because I didn't want to be in Santa Barbara. I didn't like L.A. I didn't want to. I started doing Second City, the improv yeah. stuff in L.A. Yeah. yeah. And I had a really great teacher there, Kay Cannon, who's now like an extraordinary writer. Like she wrote Pitch Perfect and she was on mm-hmm. 30 Rock for years. And mm-hmm. I think she still runs New Girl. I'm not sure. But she was very instrumental in in me being like, no, I like, I want to learn improv. Yeah. I want to be good at it. Well, yeah, then Chicago's the place. Yeah, whereas yeah. like in LA, the classes that I was in, it was a lot of like former child stars and people who were like, yeah, I'm just taking this because my agent says I need to do it for my commercial work, you know, to learn yeah. to improv or yeah, whatever yeah. you fags call it, yeah. you know, or whatever. It was like <laughs> yeah. guys like that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, this is art. Like I want to do this. Right. And so she was like, well, let me show you how Chicago works. And Second she kind of like laid out how Second City works sure. and all these things. And I had just gotten married the year before. I didn't want to raise Rain as my stepdaughter's name. I didn't want to raise her in L.A. And um, and your yeah. wife was cool about moving out? She wanted to go back to school. She wanted like to pursue literature. Yeah. And she looked at Columbia College. And it was just, it was like we had a little money from um, the sale of some property. And mm-hmm. we were just like, let's do it. Yeah. And we started from scratch. So we were there for seven, eight years. Yeah, it's a great I was town. doing a lot. It's the best. It, it is. I was just town. there. It's the American. Town. I was just there because the kid's an actress, so mm-hmm. she did a a show out there mm-hmm. or like a six month kind of Steppenwolfy like 
project mm-hmm. kind of took a semester off college to do that and it was like right before the cubs won yeah it was like two days before yeah i didn't get to see it but man it's it's such a good city do you so, miss it do you miss living there i do yeah. i there's there's parts of it like i miss the collaboration mm-hmm. i miss the transit i miss the collaboration in that improv world yeah in that theater world because they're very the literature the theater and the improv world just bleed together so much right like you can see an improv show in Tracy Letts, Pulitzer Prize winning writer of August Osage County and mm-hmm. Steppenwolf guy will mm-hmm. have just filmed a TV show and come into an improv show. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have like some literary genius mm-hmm. to a show that Jeff Tweedy of Wilco does a mm-hmm. set for. Mm-hmm. And, and also the things like just being like, hey, wh- this was a funny improv scene we did you playing my uncle who just got out of jail Mm -hmm. who asked to stay on the front porch because he's not allowed in the house because it was for molestation even though he says he's innocent but i'm like the kid on the inside that was funny what if we put it up tomorrow and we write it we sketch it out and we'll do it as a improvised play yeah yeah let's do it and you could just call whoever has the whatever little work storefront theater oh yeah we're not it's free tuesdays at 10 you can have it send out a blast or call your friends and like you know maybe there's eight people but that i mean that's how tomcat started it was just like hey i got a weird idea yeah you know yeah yeah there's people a sense of like, community okay in a, in a small town sense to chicago too yeah which we don't have here yeah in LA. so i do miss that like yeah. being out here for the last couple of years of just like with the exception of that i don't know if you saw that long beach scenes thing i did i did mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. that was like the first time i performed since i was did young couple and was in tomcat mm-hmm and and I was like, oh, I gotta start doing that more, just to like be out doing things beyond just like writing scripts in yeah. my room yeah. all day and then going to work. So did you guys you know? did you guys separate when you were in Chicago? Yeah, and then you came out here from there. Correct. And that's and you've been out here for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. How, and how's it going out here? Good. I mean, that you wrote Tomcat when you were in Chicago. When I was in Chicago. Yeah, and it was put on in Chicago. Yeah, it was put on in Chicago. Is anything happening with that? It's it's being put up like theaters put it up. I mean, it's, it's going up. It's and, great. It's great. I yeah. I enjoyed it so much. First of all, I was really maybe we should say what it is so people yeah. know what it is. Yeah, yeah. You talk about it. Oh, so it's a play that I did. I mean, it's a show. It's like a funny show that happens to be too long to be a. So now it's called a play. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just going to be like a sketch comedy show. But yeah, it's a play about Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes and Scientology. And I wrote it around the time I wrote it when they divorced. Um, Why? I mean, what what fascinated you about it was about that story? Like how it was a few things. The genesis of it was Rain was in a show called The Laramie Project. Mm -hmm. Ten years later is what it was like. The sequel. Do you know what The Laramie Project? No. So you you remember the Matthew Shepard killing in Wyoming? It started the hate crime legislation yeah so there's this theater company in new york called tectonic theater mm-hmm. and they do what's called documentary theater okay. so they would interview all these real people put it into a narrative mm-hmm. and perform it wow and they did this one called the laramie project mm-hmm. it was like so instead of like lights up you know a woman comes out and is like dollars are you home you know it's like they're talking to the audience and the actors are playing you know 10 different characters that's like oh i was i worked at the bar when matthew used to come in wow and he always had a light in his eyes you know then it would be matthew's mom 
who's like, oh I just God, don't know. Sounds heartbreaking. It's it's absolutely heartbreaking. Wow. It was the first show I, I did it did it in college as like a acting class, you yeah. know, because it's easy to teach. Um, and it's easy to play mm, to if on, you're yeah. like a novice actor to be like, I'm sheriff, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> got it. Yeah. So yeah. Rain did it at American Theater Company. And um, they did a sequel. Basically, it was like they went back to Laramie to interview the people, the same theater company, mm-hmm. and they wrote a second version of it. And so then the kids did a version. And I saw it and it was really affecting. But I was also like, what if there's a funny version of that? Like that was real interviews but it was a funny thing that would be fun to perform mm-hmm. and make people laugh. Yeah. And around that time, used in the same kind of format with people. Yeah. Who played multiple like map, map on that. Uh-huh. And I just auditioned for Saturday night live, like a couple weeks before that. Let's go back to that. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're, uh, yeah. So I showcased, like yeah. I didn't do a studio thing, but I showcased in Chicago for Lauren and like, like they come out, you know, every whatever August when they fire people and they're yeah, like, yeah. I need to get, ca-. yeah. so I got into that and I met Lauren and it was like super cool. And I was like, Oh my God, like I might be on the show and I'm a fucking nobody. Yeah. You know? And then I didn't get it. And I was like, I'm going to go crazy Kill myself. <laughs> Cause I was like, what am I going to do? Like yeah. I was way up here and now that. I'm like back to working at Trader Joe's. I know. You know that know thing? It. So so you're like, what am a, I? So usually artist, the fun thing, I mean, it, it's like seasonal. So in Chicago, especially when it's winter, you're like, what am I going to do to not kill myself? I yeah. have to throw myself in something. Yeah. And kind of every year it'd be like, I'm going to do another you short have to like film. reinvent yourself. Yeah. yeah. Or like what, what? And I'm, I know I'm like good at energizing people. Mm-hmm. Like I would be a decent cult leader. I think that I can yeah. get people to be like to believe you know believe in sure what's your dream yeah and i can make bend it around mine right you know right 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 (laughs) and so i saw laramie i was getting my hair cut a couple days later down from second city at like a super cuts and i was i had us weekly and it was like tom humiliated you know or something and i'm like huh and i'm reading i'm like kind of reading behind it i'm like what was that like and it's like katie holmes He's on the set of the movie Oblivion. Yeah. Katie Holmes calls him in the morning and says, all further contact will be between our attorneys and hangs up. And I have the kids. Yeah. And I have the kid. Yeah. What? And did you, did you ever read Salinger? Sure. You know that short story, Perfect Day for Banana Fish? Yeah. I mean, I read so that. It's real. I was... it, it's, I, th- I mean, I think it's the best American okay. short story ever written. But the first half of it is this girl on the phone with her mom. She's at like the Plaza Hotel. Yeah. And it's just all this detail of like, she turns her ears 13 degrees, you know, and she's having this call about whatever's going on in her life. And she's kind of vaguely talking about her husband. Right. The second half of it is on the beach outside the hotel where this guy who's a war vet is like playing this game with this girl, this little girl. They're looking for banana fish out in the ocean, fictitious fish. And it's just the game he's playing with this little girl. And he goes upstairs and kills himself. Like that's the story. (laughs) But and it's a you know it's about post war trauma yeah, sure. and so many other things. But I just I had this image of that woman on the phone, and I would always like to, when I'd write sketch, I I love like just people on the phone yeah. of like oh yes darling just well, the, the one side conversation yeah, of, yeah well there's a horse head in the you know or whatever just dumb shit yeah but I I had this image of Katie Holmes I'm like 
her right at a window of her hotel with the phone, like about to make that call. Whoa, what's that like? Yeah. So I made a note and I was like, you know, maybe when I become Gus Van Sant, I'll make a like a last days kind of film. Yeah. That's just like in the Plaza Hotel of like this woman who is obviously Katie Holmes making a phone right. call and like all the shit. You know? um, and yeah, I just get this idea and I go to Starbucks. You know, it was just all these different things. And I go to my job at Trader Joe's and I show up like two hours earlier. So I go to a Starbucks and I just outline the whole thing. I just came. It, it just came. Yeah. It's one of the few things that ever just like really came. I had a screenplay like that. Too. And I wrote it in yeah. nine days. Yeah. Like I just wrote it all. Yeah. I was like researching Scientology, watching YouTube videos on it. Mm -hmm. I spent very little time on Scientology. It was almost all like tabloids. So I'm just reading tabloids, cutting and pasting articles. Yeah. And then I'm making up all the shit in between yeah. with this narrative because this great friend of mine, Joe Feldman from Chicago. I originally wrote it was just going to be a two-person play. Uh -huh. And she was like, going to go to a second city boat. Like people do boats. You mm -hmm. basically go on a tour on a ship for a year or something. Right. And I was like, oh, I got to get this done before you go on your boat so we can perform it. And it was going to involve puppets and all this stuff. And she reads it. She's like, yeah, this isn't a two-person show. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I had elements of tape recorders. Like it was awful. So I rewrote it and I ran into this. I worked at a restaurant too. How are you at rewrites? I, Terrible. I, I, it's I, the worst thing. It's that's where the rubber meets the it's, road, isn't it? Yeah, I, that's that's what separates writers from non-writers. Yeah, you know who's rewrite. who's been so good to take a digression on it is my girlfriend because she's not a writer. Yeah, all like my ex and yeah. anybody I date was usually like a creative. My girlfriend's a nurse, mm -hmm. and she's brilliant. She's hilarious. Her idea of like a good movie is is like you know i mean they're good movies shit like harry met sally sure you've got mail like she loves romantic comedies sure not because you don't have to think she's just like it's good and, you know nancy myers wrote it nor yeah. Ephron. Yeah. whereas i'll be like hey do you want to watch children of men and she's right. like why would i want to watch well, the end of the world a nine minute through shot That's yeah why. yeah exactly awesome. i'm like it's one of the longest <laughs> uncut shit since brian de palma did snake eyes and she's just like oh like i'm trying to go to bed like they just shot julianne moore in the neck snake eyes yeah you know just so but jenna will just say I, i'll get in my head you know we don't live together but we share space a lot and i'll be like oh man like my agent wants me to read like no because that's the whole thing she's like and i'm like what if i don't i'm a failure and she's like babe you just do this just you know you do it yeah you just do your thing. job yeah. they asked you to change some things and you change them and you send it back and then you do the next thing right so just do it yeah and it's I'm torturous like, for me oh i'm not saying it's easy but yeah. it makes it a little more you have to objectify it you got to show up and do your job that's it and rain had a great thing she got it from some book but she was like i was having trouble like january february with a project she's like well when are you writing i'm like i haven't for like a month and a half like and she's like, well, you got to tame the, tame the lion. She's like, look at it like a mouse. The more you're in that room writing, it's a mouse. You stay away from the room. Mouse gets bigger, mouse gets bigger. Right. Then it's a lion and you're terrified you can't go in the room. Right. So you just got to go in the room. You have to keep just got to get some writing that way, man. You know, I, I, I was a writer before I became a musician and I, I've come back to writing just recently. And it's it's something that you have to do just like music. If you don't exercise that muscle regularly, it is so hard. Yeah, you get crappy at it, and then you everything becomes really precious. And because of because it becomes precious, you you become paralyzed by 
your own work like it's like yeah. is, do i write and or do i write but or mm-hmm. what, oh my god what do and I? and it's next? just like you just got to yeah. get it done yeah and that's done. the script i was i had today like it's something i wrote in the summer it went out it didn't sell yeah i was like no it's it's done and then my friend who's very successful writer yeah she's always been so kind to me and she's like oh i love your script i've got a bunch of ideas you should meet me i'll give you my ideas and my notes you go rewrite it nice and uh, and you send it out for staffing you know and so it's good to but also getting those notes i'm like you don't need to rethink your life that's it you just you go do this thing with omar and then you go back you get the job done yeah then i can work on my weird conspiracy theory side script yeah yeah that i'm like you know david o russell is gonna direct (laughs) like you know whatever but just get like the job part yeah done yeah you know yeah yeah i don't know where i was sorry uh yeah or where we were with tomcat oh yeah yeah so tomcat so i long story short at a restaurant i'm working at and this lovely couple come in the woman's british yeah and the gentleman's american and i you know i have kind of my own style with tables i'm just you know frank and kind of myself yeah and they really enjoyed me and i was like what do you do she's like well i'm a theater director and i was like oh neat like from where and she's like from london (laughs) oh cool and then she said she's she just got to the states and was a reader at steppenwolf the big you know theater that malkovich and all them are from so she's a reader there and she was directing like a couple shows and i looked online at her resume like royal court london like directed like ralph Fiennes and stuff but but she's now in chicago like scrappy yeah but I, I wrote this script and I said, look, I wrote, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you just read it. I don't know if I was like, I don't, you know, last year I made a comedy short film that was like a fake documentary on two competing pedophiles. So I was like, I sometimes have bad ideas yeah. and I'll just sp- spend six months like, no, this, this yeah, is going to be the out. thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just looked at it like that. Like I'm going to throw it in the garbage, you know? And she, she, I said, oh, you know, come to an improv show that I'm doing, you know, I'll buy you beers after. So her and her husband come, they see the show and she's like, oh, I read you play. I think it's brilliant. And I was like, play, like, it's not a play. And yeah. she's like, well, it's long, <laughs> you know? And she's like, I don't know anything about Tom Cruise yeah, or Katie Holmes besides like she watched Austin's Creek and she's like, it's fascinating. Yeah. And if I think it's fascinating and I don't follow tabloids or ever even heard of Scientology, right then like you, have you got some yeah. so then i had a table read in my house just to like see how it worked and mm-hmm. she came and she she wasn't going to direct it and then she kind of slowly like i weared her Warm down it, wore yeah. it down so we rehearsed you know that was like september started rehearsals in october and they're all comedy they're all my comedy friends yeah except for the katie holmes was her friend and was a legit stage actress which made sense because she was like the She's only straight funny. person yeah. in the play um, but it was all my part of it was like it was all my friends who I auditioned for SNL with mm-hmm. most of them and they could do impressions and they're fucking great and in Chicago because of the like prima donna element of improv yeah. a lot of people don't do impressions like you know stand ups and stuff it's like yeah but there they're like no it's a pure art I only do what comes to me and what's true I'm not going to sit here and be like this is Maya Garrison Keeler or right, whatever right so they think it's like hacky but as soon as lauren michaels comes to town everybody's like uh, all right all right i got my matthew mcconaughey uh, uh i got my my john c Riley, and like everybody's like rehearsing they're like lauren's coming and they're yeah. like you know yeah. it's like yeah, suddenly yeah. the art forms out the window yeah 
So I was like, well, you fuckers will do some impressions. Like, what? You know, learn Tom Hanks, learn Tom Cruise. Sure. So they, it was great to like use these talents that nine, ten months out of the year are completely useless yeah, in, in Chicago. Yeah. Um. So that it was fun for people, but they were all kind of like, fuck a play. Like I don't rehearse. Like you know, the most they rehearse is for a little sketch show, and it was a right, rigorous an outline yeah, schedule. Yeah. But I remember kind of like as it got like December, the show launched in January and yeah. and we were like putting it together, like the scenes, everybody in it was kind of like, this is kind of good. Like no, this oh, could, man, this it. could be something. Yeah. So we opened it up. It, um, my friend Alex Hanit had a theater. It was, I mean, it was like a little bigger than this. It yeah. was maybe the size of this room. It used to be an antique store or something, uh -huh. but they licensed it for a theater and his apartment was in the back and it became like the, it was called um, Upstairs Gallery uh -huh. and it's now defunct, but it was kind of like the CBGBs sure. of Chicago for a while. It was like this alternative venue, like family, BYOB, like people just fuck it up. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. I mean, like so many people have already come out of that yeah. time and are like on TV now. And um, Alex let me put up the show. My friend Walt was one of the three who owned the theater. So I cast his, him as Tom Cruise naturally because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'll get the space yeah. for free. Yeah. Um, and we sold it out before it even opened um by like by no donation. I had to make reserva a reservation page because we I mean, we we're just we didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. And the the buzz got real big, and like a couple press people came to it, mm -hmm. and they they got in finally on the last Friday. There were like four shows that month, like each Friday, and then we were done. Yeah. And this guy from Jason Heideman from the Chicago Time Out Chicago. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, man, thanks for inviting me. You know, you're a fucking idiot. You're supposed to invite the press like before you open the show." And I was like, "Oh, oh I don't know." <laughs> and he's like, "You need to remount this." Cause this is like, this is going to be something. Yeah. So I talked to this guy, Matt Barbera, who owned another theater called the playground. And he, he saw the show and he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll put it up in my theater. Nice. I absolutely want to do it. So then we rehearsed. So and that I kinda, first run was kind of like a preview in a way or like a, well, yeah, but everybody almost. thought we were yeah. done. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, Hey, do you guys want to do it again for free? And they're like, oh, okay. So we just kept doing it. And like Chicago Tribune came and yeah. we got this amazing review in there by Nina Metz. And then it just like exploded and it sold out like before the show. And my ex was producing it, you uh -huh. know, or by producing, I mean like managing the chaos right. of like, all right, do you guys want to do six more weeks? Like, yeah, okay. And like, all right, well, we just you got in really, the New York. Ran. Like you were the, in a run now. You want to be in the New York Fringe Festival? Wow. Okay. And then we sold that out and it was like, yeah, like and SNL's trying to see it, but they can't because it's sold out. It, David Letterman's people are trying to come, but it's sold out. And then it like I got repped when I was in New York. I got agents also because of my writer friend. Yeah. Um, Sarah Haskins is her name. Yeah. She she recommended. Nice. And um so then I like threw up like I was just like, This is crazy, you know, like I get repped and then I Warner Brothers wants to meet and all, and then it goes to Will Ferrell and Adam McKay were interested in buying it. So then we put up another show in Chicago for Funny or Die, and they were going to pay for like a whole tour. Um, and it didn't end up happening. Uh -huh. um, and then we, it was kind of running its course because everybody's like, we're taking off so much time and, and all the money that we saved from the show we put into like getting to New York. So it's sure. kind of like, well, we can pay you guys. We've Next got time. like five yeah. grand. Right. Or if you want to put that money into double down, double yeah. down, it was like double down. 
and then we went to LA and it was like just bananas. Like it was sold out. Like wow. everybody in comedy was, was there as far as talent management sure. and producing. And then I got this big like water bottle tour of LA and it was just like an out of body experience. And Burt Fields, Tom Cruise's attorney came who yeah. was in the play. Yeah. He's a character in the play yeah, yeah. played by an African American woman. Yeah. And I look out because I'm, you know, I, I'm in it. I play myself in a very meta, like, hi, you're seeing a play that I wrote that's happening right now. Right. Um, and I walk out and I see him and I'm like, oh, throw up God. in my mouth. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy's here, like the guy who made Michael Eisner piss yeah. his pants. Yeah. The guy who reps Tom Cruise and Travolta and used to rep Michael Jackson and reps Disney. And, you know, he's there and his scene starts up. And he just laughs so goddamn hard. He's like, ah, like I did a magic trick, just like, <laughs> and the show ends. Like he laughs and I'm like, oh, I just feel like I took the biggest shit of my life. I'm like, I can breathe again. Yeah. Cause I totally choked. I'm like the worst under pressure. I'm like, all right, we're all done. There's no show. <laughs> Thanks. Here's your money. I'm just awful at that performing aspect. Uh, yeah. But the show ends and he gives us, he like leads a standing ovation. He's like, ah, you know, and it was bananas because he's worked with Scientology before. Yeah. And there's like the front row is ex Scientologists who, when David Miscavige comes on stage, they're like, boo, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And I'm like this is nuts. Yeah. And so I like, I meet him and he's like, you know, come over to my house for fajitas, which is like a line in the show. That is funny. And, and then they like at the same time, there's like, private investigators walking around getting license plates <laughs> for the church of Scientology. Cause there's all these ex Scientologists there oh, who they're like my. harassing. Yeah. And it's like across the street from the Elrond Hubbard library. So it was oh, just yeah, like yeah. bananas. It was like, maybe I'll like, maybe hopefully I'll get a writing job, like for TV or film, like, but nothing will ever come to that. Like I will never be that successful. There you have it folks. That was part three of my long-form chat with author Brandon Ogborn. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for next week where we wrap it up with part four, the final episode of Brandon Ogborn. I hope you've uh, liked this Wednesday format. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing it. I need some more feedback, um, and I need to get some more guests. I mean, those are the two things that I need to get the Wednesday thing going. So let me know if you have some ideas. Give me a call. I want to thank uh, Greg Geiger for my theme song. I want to thank Michael Nielsen for my awesome microphone. And I want to thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I love it. I love doing this podcast. And uh, I guess that's it. Until next time. Like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get onto my show.